Does entrepreneurship seem overwhelming? Do you wonder what in the hell you're doing running your own business? You are not alone. Join us as we chat about the challenges, successes, and general hilarity that is the everyday life of an entrepreneur. We're the four consultants behind Coach Lab 360 and decided to get together for a no BS chat over coffee about all things entrepreneurship. We're real. We're not here to glamorize running your own business. We're here to share our highs and our lows, and we'll occasionally drop an F-bomb. We, Brian Roth, Lindsay Turner, Tess Herbert, and Teresa Lambert, each run our own consulting businesses and have had our share of funny stories along the way. Coach Lab 360 was born from a desire to offer support for small business owners across four disciplines, HR, operations, finance, and sales and marketing. Coffee chats are our opportunity to share our personal experiences as entrepreneurs and obstacles we've had to overcome. Please make sure you click the subscribe button on the app store because each week we will drop a new episode to share our stories on all things entrepreneurship. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coach Lab Coffee Chat. Uh, we are going to talk about firing clients today, which, if you've ever had to do, uh, is is can be a struggle. It's a it's a struggle and a pull in many different directions. I myself have done it, and uh, it's unpleasant, um, but also quite liberating in the right situation. So, has anyone else had to do this? I'm sure you have. Teresa, you've done it. Um, well, I haven't like as well, I haven't like fired a client, but I have said no to clients. Like there is a way that like I go through before I onboard like one-to-one -one clients. And it's really an opportunity to see if it's a fit. And you can detect certain clients fairly quickly. Like with everything that we do. You know, I'm sure that's the same for all of us, but particularly in coaching as well, like nothing's going to happen if people don't take action in between. I think people have this idea that, you know, you sort of put a magic wand and you make all their problems go away. And it's like, you know, you certainly, you know, help them on their trajectory and their growth, but ultimately it's them taking different steps throughout that are so important and I feel like you know on the consulting side as well and as I do more and more um, business related coaching and consulting I find that you know sometimes it's being really really clear up front what you do and what you don't do because the worst thing is like clients that are becoming like needy and reliable expect you to respond within like two minutes of every request like those turn into clients that take up a lot of energy and space. And it's just, you get to the point where I find it's just not worth it because you're constantly trying to keep up with these crazy demands. And while I haven't experienced that in my business yet, because I'm vetting my clients, I have experienced that throughout my time running a hotel, right? And actually, I guess in that case, sometimes having to have conversations with guests around, you know, if, if you're not happy to be here and stay here because you really hate the furniture so much because we've had that happen, then you may want to find a different hotel. Yeah. And that's tough. You know, I mean, that's tough to have that conversation. You never want that to happen, but damn, it happens. 
I think you look at it as like it's better for both, right? Like this situation isn't working out. It's the same as, as letting go of an employee. It's like you hope that they're on to better things. And good good point made by you as far as vetting your clients properly at the beginning, which I, uh, I bet when I went out on my own, I was like, and this is it. I'm only working with people I like. And then the bank account gets a little empty and you're like, oh, well, okay, maybe I'll just take this one client. And they turn out to be exactly what you said, right? The neediest, the, it's like same back to like an old life meeting planning and selling Whistler as a, con a conference destination. The little meetings of 10 people were 10 times the work as the 1500 person meetings. Like they needed handholding through every step of the process. So I think it's that it's knowing it's knowing who your best client is and then being able to, and, and know the type of person you want to work with as well, right? I think, you know, one of the important things in that vetting process of your client is making sure that they know what they want and that their expectations are set right as well. Um, I, I had an experience before my consulting days, but, you know, way, way back in a past life, I was doing some executive search. And we had a couple of clients that, you know, they, they thought they knew what they wanted. Uh, they certainly came up with job descriptions and, and role descriptions and things, things that were the qualifications they thought they wanted. And as soon as they got into talking to people over and over and over again, we were finding that they weren't actually looking for what they said they were looking for. And in the end, that was just a bunch of relationships that weren't going to work. I can totally relate to that because I equally vet uh, clients and potential clients and uh, the very one, I've only had to fire one client and it, it stems a little bit also from in when you're in your vetting process and you have, when you've already done your, your own business development to know what your mission is and your values and what you're following and the expectation that you, your clients are relatable to that as well. And one client that I did vet and because I was suspicious about why they kept asking how many questions about how do you avoid paying overtime? And well, it's a legal responsibility. So you're either on board or, or we're not. So are you on board? Because my values with HR Galaxy are, we stick with the legislation. <laughs> and certain other values too. And they said, yes, not a problem. And as we got into it, uh, it just kept coming back to the same, well, how do we avoid this? How do I avoid that? And, uh, and you're right. So the neediness was there, the exhaustion, the amount of time and the constant explaining of, well, no, we need to bring it back to neutral because this is where employment standards sit. This is where we need to go. And I did have to say, eventually I can't continue working. I wasn't able to invoice them for my time because I did not want to be paid by that organization and ever people know that I was associated with them. So I lost money. I lost time. <laughs> I lost days in my life. I'll never get back. And that is, and it's tricky because you do vet and then sometimes it still goes south but again, as long as you know your values and you recognize where you're coming from, you'll, you'll stay the course. And the good decision, like Lindsay said, will be, well, sometimes you just need to separate and it's okay. And you move on. 
Yeah, I feel like something that you just said, and maybe that is why I decided to have a solid vetting process, <laughs> is because the time spent and the time I spent in my years, particularly in hospitality and as a GM, managing guests' expectations that had not been met because they expected something different, right? Because the process of sort of like booking a room is very different. And some people merely book it online and then they have a certain idea of what it will be like. And then if it's not that, right, they're like, you know, it's sort of different. I, I feel like that's really hit home for me that like, I don't want to re-experience those experiences because the energy and time and just mental headspace that would take to turn the situation around. And I think ultimately, you know, too, because it's our own businesses, right? We want people to have great experience. We want to make sure that people leave when they've worked with us and we get referral from, from them business or they might work with us in different capacities down the road. And so I, I feel like for me, that was so key because I was like, okay, well, if I start building my business and say yes to every client, even if I know it's not a fit or, or maybe you know, they have some other things going on that particularly on some of the personal coaching side that I do, I'm not equipped to manage, then ultimately I'll set myself up to fail down the road because I'm managing clients' expectations that I can't meet instead of, you know, being clear from the beginning and then not having that. And it's just a different feeling to me in terms of doing business in general. And it's just a worst, I mean, it's the worst thing. These conversations, right? These tough conversations to have, whether it's with clients, whether if it's with employees or whether it is with, you know, guests, which to me is kind of a client. I mean, that is a client, right? But when you come to that point where you have to have these conversations around, like this isn't working, or I feel like we need to realign our expectations and what I can offer and, and you know, what you need from this relationship, I think that, I mean, you have to have them, you know, there's no doubt about it and it's important and you can turn it around, but uh, I just go with like, if you can avoid it <laughs> from the totally. beginning, right? Totally. I, one of the things I run into issues with, I think, or have in the past, I've gotten better about it, but I think because so many of my clients come from referrals for Bold Inc., it's like, I end up taking someone because, oh, they're, well, they're great. And they work with so-and-so and la, 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 la. And, oh, they must be great. And then you get in. And my one word of caution would be when you're in and you see the light, like it's coming, get out. Because I did that with one particular client, stayed in, like you could just, the business was a disaster. Nobody left happy. They were like, the, the staff were all miserable. And I was just like, this is going, there, there's an actually, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way this can end well. Like this person just doesn't end anything well. And so I was like, oh God. And had I gotten out sooner, I think it would have probably been less, you know, crazy. Um, but yeah, there's, it's just not worth your time and your energy. Cause think about all that time you could be putting into something, um, better or a better client or finding better other clients, or it's, it's truly just not worth it. So I think, I mean, all of this is true. And I think though, a lot of listeners might, uh, as, as Lindsay sort of alluded to earlier, get into a position, especially early in a consultancy or in running your own business, 
where you kind of feel like you just have to take something. Um, and I mean, in a lot of cases, that's probably true. You have to keep paying the bills. You have to keep the doors open. So, you know, do any of you have advice to offer or thoughts to offer on, you know, how to manage that scenario where you know you just have to take something? Um, so, you know, maybe you take it short term or maybe you take it under slightly different terms than you would normally, or I don't know anything. What thoughts do you all have on that? You know, I think that's always a tricky one because I think everybody feels that pressure, right? And I think in entrepreneurship in general, you're always going to be feeling that pressure, right? Like there's always like sometimes you have bigger clients and, and more work and sometimes it's shorter contracts, right? Like I run some short and snappy programs that are a couple of days long and then, you know, if people don't continue on, right? Like it's like there's always that thought, you know, like what's next, right? I think one thing that I would say is that you got to put a good strategy in place for your business from the beginning. And you have got to like get really like, I think you got to be able to sit in the discomfort and get comfortable with the discomfort. And yeah, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to take that client. But the big problem I see with that is that when you do, you really are setting yourself up to end up more frustrated and more like, you know, disappointed and who knows, right? Like there's also clients that don't pay you, right? Like set yourself up. If you take a client and you're already feeling like they might become a, you know, problematic or needy or, you know, then make sure that you ask for, you know, at least 50%, if not all of the cash up front, right? So at least, you know, you got paid <laughs> for what you're about to, to do, right? Like, I think that is another like big piece. And yeah, I mean, it's practicing a bit of willpower too, you know, it's tough to say, you know what, I don't think this is a fit. But, you know, in my case, sometimes I'm like, I have like, you know, a big group of like other coaches and I will make referrals. And I'm like, you know what, what you're looking for, I'd recommend you reach out to this person. I'm happy to make a personal introduction. Yeah. That, you know, there's a part of it that's like, it stinks because obviously you were hoping to have that client. Right. But I think that ultimately the decision has got to be good for you now and good later. Because if you get yourself in a situation and you end up taking two or three of those clients at the beginning, you end up with like a bad taste in your mouth. You're not going to get referrals and testimonials from that client because it's not going to go well. So, you know, maybe it gives you a bit of cash in the bank, but ultimately it's going to keep you in the same place than you were two months earlier if it's two months that you work with that client. So, you know, what's more important building your business with the right clients who are going to love working with you and you love with from the beginning and being able to build a long-term sustainable business or scratching like by day after day and working with people that you don't really want to work with and it becomes just like grind that's like unmotivated like I think you need to make that choice before you even get into the game yeah I think that's I think that's fair, but at the same time, like, let's be real, like people need to pay the mortgage, people need to pay the rent. And listen, I was there, I did things that weren't what I thought, like, 
there was no marketing strategy going on. I was like designing little flyers and doing stuff that like didn't matter in my mind and wasn't what I wanted to do. But at the end of the day, when you go out on your own, it's hard and you struggle and you do what you need to do. And sometimes that means taking a client that you otherwise wouldn't, or, you know, just to be able to pay the bills. And so, yes, like in a, in a perfect world. And um, if you're comfortable with debt, then do build your business and do it all perfectly. I am not a comfortable with debt person. So I just need to be able to pay that mortgage and feed myself and do those things without using a line of credit or anything else. So um, for me, you know, I guess if you're in that position where you have to take a client, I would say, set expectations, really, really clear expectations. And I also would always do like a three month starter contract just to, you know, feel it out. That way you can feel it out. They can feel it out. And it gets you, it, it gives you a natural out as opposed to having to say, you know, I don't think this is really working out the best for us. Yeah. I think that that's a really good call. Um, you know, one of the things, Teresa, that you mentioned there is interesting that it actually uh, is a scenario that turned into business for me where I had somebody uh, come to me, um, thought they knew what they were looking for. Um, and based on what they said, I flat out told them like, I'm, I'm not the right consultant for you. Um, you need this other person instead or this other type of person instead. Um, and about two months later, once they had talked to some of those other people and figured out where they were at, they ended up coming back to me because they, you know, they had some faith and trust in me based on the fact that I wasn't going to just try to do work that I wasn't necessarily qualified for and bill them for it. Um, when they actually needed what I could provide, they came back. But that's the thing, right? Sometimes saying no at one stage, it doesn't mean you're never going to work with that person, right? I think it's, and it takes a lot. I get it. Like it's, it takes a lot to be like, no, right? Because, you know, for exactly what you already spoke about, Lindsay, right? Like not everybody is comfortable and not everybody, to be honest, has funding available. You know, I think that's another key piece, right? But I think knowing too that sometimes saying no or when it doesn't work out with a client, I've had that before, like I've been on a call and it just wasn't quite a fit, but then months later got an opportunity to speak at an event that that person, you know, is, is, um, you know, a part of. So just because it's a no doesn't mean it shuts the door for that relationship, right? Sometimes agreeing that it's not the right time to work together actually opens up opportunities down the road. I love that you brought that up, Brian. I think that there's such great points from everyone and having, again, just talking about if, if you can be clear about your purpose and what you know you can provide, like Brian said, with you need, or Teresa, you said it, you need these other people. Maybe they do come back, but as long as you're clear, it'll also help your decision-making, I think. That's what I have found is that if I'm clear, I know making the decision to either take the client on or not gets easier. So as long as I'm clear. And if we are taking on clients or projects because we do need to pay bills, even in that, making a clear decision, knowing, yes, I need to do it for this reason, then you know you're still not going to keep following that 
as in your main income, you're just going to be clear on knowing, yep, this is what I need to do right now. And I'm still going to keep knowing what my purpose is and what I'm driving towards. And again, it's just about having that courage to keep making good decisions in really difficult times, especially when we're starting out and we do need to pay bills. So again, having that clarity, I don't think is, is too terrible and, and it is okay. And it's empowering to say no, when you know, you need to. Yeah, totally. I, and I think that's a practice too, right? I think saying no is a practice and maybe that's something we can, uh, you know, have an episode on at some point as well, because I feel like it's powerful to say no and also keeping your boundaries, right? Which I think in entrepreneurship is so, so important too. So I hope everybody had a good time listening. Make sure that you subscribe permanently as well. It's so fun always to chat with these free, lovely people every week about all things business this coffee chat i love it favorite time of the week so thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again or tune in again next week that's a wrap for another episode of coach lab coffee chat enjoyed this episode entrepreneurship can be lonely so make sure to subscribe to coach lab coffee chat on your favorite podcast player or check us out at coachlab360.com 